Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for the ASHP Advocating for Impact podcast, where every episode covers a policy issue impacting the practice of pharmacy. We'll do our best to translate the policy and the politics to help you understand how these issues affect your practice and your profession. I'm Tom Krause. I'll be your host for today's episode. Today, I'm joined by Frank Cobb, Director of Federal Legislative Affairs at ASHP. We'll be discussing site-neutral proposals that are being considered by Congress. Thanks for joining us today, Frank. Thanks. Frank, can you just get us started by explaining what is site-neutral payment and what ideas are are being considered and where they come from? Sure. So site neutrality came from MedPAC, and it's just considered a way to reduce spending for the Medicare program. The underlying assumption is that pharmacy services provided at freestanding physician settings are the same as those provided by hospital outpatient settings. The proposal is that Medicare should only reimburse pharmacy services at the lower physician-administered rate of the freestanding site, as opposed to the higher rate of physician outpatient centers. And um, for our listeners, uh, Frank mentioned MedPAC there. That's an advisory committee um, that that operates to advise the Medicare program and Congress about how to save uh, resources in the in the Medicare program. Um, so, so Frank, you um, you mentioned this proposal to reduce payments to hospital outpatient facilities to that lower freestanding facility uh, rate. And obviously, this has implications when when hospitals operate uh, their own uh, ambulatory care clinic or when they acquire uh, physician practices and, and incorporate those into the, the broader uh, ecosystem of the, the that health system. Um, why shouldn't hospitals be reimbursed uh, at that lower rate? Can you just kind of explain um, some of the arguments that we've been making to kind of illustrate for members of Congress why this is not equivalent? It's a good question because there are significant differences between hospital outpatient departments and those physician freestanding sites that we've talked about. Really two ways that they're really critically different. First is the acuity level of the patients being seen at hospital outpatient departments is significantly higher than those for these physician freestanding sites. And because of that, really the second thing is USP and Joint Commission has set forth a whole set of regulations that are there to essentially protect those patients because they are typically sicker. And those things cover a wide variety of things, such as ensuring that, you know, ensuring against microbial um, infection, having additional providers and continuity of care on place, like having a pharmacy that's open 24 hours, having a physician that's available and on call in case there are any adverse events, all of these elements that essentially protect those patients that you don't, aren't required, you don't see in physician freestanding, in a physician freestanding setting. And, um, you know, we, uh, we also have a higher level of regulation. You, you, you mentioned a little bit of this, but can you just explain about um, some of these different regulations that apply uh, and regulators, um, you know, that, that that touch those physician or those hospital-owned outpatient facilities? Sure. So USP governs a lot of the pharmaceutical side. Joint Commission accredits hospitals, and they have to meet a numerous kind of requirements to keep their accreditation. And those, in turn, ensure patient health for those kind of facilities. And every quite often they come in and inspect and make sure that these hospitals 
and these hospital outpatient departments are meeting these requirements. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, it can be really disadvantaged, disadvantageous to patients, but also it affects their ability to get Medicare reimbursement. Right. So, so the, the Medicare program actually uses these different um, regulatory oversight me me uh, mechanisms to to make that a condition of, of participation in the Medicare program. So it's a big sort of a big stick that the, the, the federal government has that they can use to force hospitals to participate in or, or you know, be subject to this this higher level of oversight and, and, and undertake all these uh, additional activities. Which, by the way, we're not uh, objecting to. Those are appropriate levels of of care and precautions and protections for patients, protections for for workers in um, those hospital-owned facilities. Uh, our, our concern is let's recognize that that is a real additional uh, cost to those to those facilities. It is a real additional impact on um, you know kind of better oversight of drug preparation, drug administration, coordination of care, and then that additional layer of, of oversight that Frank was describing. And, and those are things that uh, individual physician offices are not subject to. So we think it's actually pretty obvious that, that there should be a different level of reimbursement for those two very highly contrasting circumstances. And and um, and we actually, as ASHP, put together uh, a resource that, um, that, that uh, we're, we're excited to see members of Congress using um, in some of the conversations about this, we'll put a link to it. It's basically a, a, a relatively simple um, table that we worked with ASHP members to create that lists out um, in those categories of drug preparation, administration, care coordination, regulatory oversight. What are the the differences in um, requirements for a, a hospital-owned facility, a, a, a physician practice, or another uh, freestanding facility? And we'll uh, we'll put a link to that in the the show notes for this episode, so you can see that. And please feel free to circulate it, um, share it uh, on social media, and we we definitely want to make sure that people um, people see that. So uh, thanks for that kind of explanation of of what's driving this uh, policy proposal, Frank. Can you share a little bit about um, where do these um, site neutral payment proposals are in Congress, sort of in the in the process of of developing a law? Sure. So we've seen these proposals used almost more as a political benefit in some extents, because any legislation that gets passed these days has to have what are called pay-fors. It has to be paid for somehow. And so members look around and say, well, how can I get some savings to attach to my bill so it'll pass and won't have any cost? So site neutral is one of the things a lot of people have jumped to, not because of the substantive aspects of it, but because, hey, we can argue this saves money and can pay for other priorities. The one area that we've really seen some movement on is the Lower Cost, More Transparency Act. Now, what's interesting is this bill, which passed the House, has a lot of things that are important to hospitals and that they need. For instance, it continues funding for the Disproportionate Share Hospital Program, or also known as the DISH program, which essentially provides money for uncompensated care that hospitals provide. The irony is, is the way that they pay for this is through site neutral cuts. So they're essentially providing hospitals this desperately needed money by taking away other funds that hospitals use to provide patients important care and to meet these various requirements we've talked about. So we've been closely monitoring legislation and we've said there's aspects of these bills that we like, but we cannot support the site neutral cuts. And um, and can you just share a little bit about how ASHP has gone about educating members of Congress about these these proposals and their impacts? 
Yes. So one of the things we've done is partner with other provider organizations, in particular the American Hospital Association and others. And as Tom mentioned, the infographic that we've used was a very basic tool to show members in a visual way, in a one-page visual way, look, here are all the requirements that hospital outpatient departments have to meet, that physician offices or freestanding physician sites don't have to meet. And it really brings it home in a visual way because it's an extensive amount of requirements that all relate back to patient care. And we've been using this along with AHA in our individual meetings. Also, um, I know that we've done some other advocacy action alerts and other things where we've had members bring them in on our legislative day. We also shared this material and it really resonates and we get callbacks from members' offices about this. So we're hoping that this will help to essentially ensure like if the lower cost and more transparency act passes the Senate, it doesn't have these provisions. And when they go to conference, they won't have site neutrality in it. Yeah. And, 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 and when Frank mentions conference um, for folks who are not familiar with the, the, the legislative process, that is when uh, the house passed bill and the Senate passed bill sort of get merged and they kind of work out the difference. Sometimes that's done in a very formal way. Sometimes it's very informal, but um, be- because that's that site neutral provision was included in it, in a version of the bill that passed the house, we're working hard to convince members of the Senate not to include that, that provision. So um, Frank, thanks for that, that uh, explanation of, of where Congress is and how they're thinking about this. So, so as a final question, what can ASHP members do to help in this advocacy? So ASHP members are a key part of our advocacy because one of the things that's critical is we can, and AHA and others at the national level can talk about how these cuts will impact hospitals uh, and pharmacy and providers and patients but it's really critical for them to hear from the actual providers about the negative impact of site neutrality. And so we've actually developed some action alerts that you can personalize to reach out to your congressional delegation. And it's critical that you explain to them how you see this negatively impacting patients and your practice of pharmacy. You'll be able to find these on our website and we also distribute them. So just keep an eye out for those. Great. Thank you, Frank. And, and, and like I said, you know, if you want to post that um, site neutral uh, infographic on, on your own personal um, uh, social media accounts, p- please feel free. We are we are more than happy for you to put that resource out there. It seems to be resonating with members of Congress. And the more people that we get that in front of, the, the better. So please don't don't hesitate to to share that ASHP document. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you very much, Frank, for joining us to discuss site neutral proposals in front of Congress. ASHP members, please be sure that your voice is heard as a pharmacist and as a constituent. You have tremendous influence at the state and federal level on policymakers. Um, You can visit ashp.org to learn more about our, our advocacy issues, grassroots efforts, and ways that you can get involved. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time.